uh, sometimes happen. And hey, now you can actually hear me. So I'll tell you again, welcome into Opposition Research, our weekly Thursday show presented by Edward Jones and Stuart Eastman. Edward Jones, a different kind of investment firm. To them, both FaceTime and ThinkTime make some sense, and they'll meet with you to learn your individual needs to develop a strategy to help you achieve your long-term financial goals, whether that means planning for retirement, saving for college, reducing your tax bills, or simply wanting to maximize your income and be able to cover your expenses. You can't expect personalized service and long-term strategies instead of just the latest fads from Edward Jones. Join the nearly 7 million, million investors who know. Contact Stuart Eastman today at 573 573- 817-3108 and he can help you out with all of uh, your needs um, financially uh, both short-term and long-term planning. Short-term for Missouri means a visit from Texas A&M and um, as we do every week look I know a little bit about Texas A&M I've watched a little bit of uh, Aggie football so I'm play uh some of the Arkansas games, saw a good amount of the Alabama game last week, but we always like to give you guys a little bit, you know, better idea. Somebody who who has seen them up close. So every week on this show, we talk to somebody who covers Missouri's opposition. We did that this week and had a chat with Olin Buchanan. So we want to uh, let you guys listen to that now to preview Mizzou and A and M at 11 a.m. on Saturday. All right, welcome into Opposition Research here, presented by Edward Jones. It's our weekly Thursday opponent preview show on PowerMizzou.com, and this week that opponent is uh, the the team that's been the talk of the country, Texas A&M, uh, coming up fresh off the upset over number one Alabama. Olin Buchanan from TexAgs.com joining us. Olin, what's going on, man? Uh, just trying to figure out what's going on with the Aggies. <laughs> this schizophrenic team. Seriously, so. I don't know which team is this because right now Missouri fans are going, Oh my God, we got to, we got to play the team that just beat Alabama. Now the flip side of that is Texas A&M's only been that team once the first five weeks of the season, they were in the conversation for, for like the country's most disappointing team. So do you have any idea which one is, is kind of closer to the real A&M? Uh, I don't, I guess we're going to find out over the next six or seven weeks, right? Or six weeks. Um, you know, we thought coming into the season that you mentioned they were most disappointing. You wouldn't be disappointing unless, you know, there were expectations. And there wouldn't be expectations if if you didn't look uh, like you should be a f- good football team. And uh, I think what we saw against Alabama is a, is a glimpse of what we thought we were going to see from Texas A&M this year. Now, their injuries have been a major part of their problems. You know, they've had multiple injuries in the offensive line. They've had injuries in the secondary. Of course, their quarterback, their starting quarterback was lost for the year in the second, I guess, on the sixth play of the second game of the the season. So uh, that's been an issue, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't uh, answer all the problems. So um, the, the, you know, the Aggies have been uh, up until last week, a team that was quite frankly underachieving. And then they go out and not only do they beat Alabama, but for the most part, they, they dominated them on the line of scrimmage, uh, rushed the passer. Well, uh, they didn't run well, but they didn't give up a, I mean, not, I mean, they ran efficiently, uh, but they didn't give up, up a lot of, uh, they didn't give up any sacks at all. So uh, again, you, you ask yourself, well, is that, 
Is that kind of an aberration to what the rest of the season is going to be? Or is that a confirmation of how the, how good this team can be and where it's going? Yeah. Um, and, and kind of along the same line. So Zach Calzada, now you correct me if I'm wrong for about four weeks. Um, there could not have been much more negativity towards Zach Calzada than what I saw from from fans and, and even some media online. And then he comes out and plays. I mean, if you if Saturday night was the first college football game you'd watched all year, you'd say, well, I'm voting for Zach Calzada for Heisman. I mean, that, that was one of the more impressive performances I've seen. It, it was mind boggling. Yeah. Uh, he struggled when he came in against Colorado, but he did. A, he was able to make a couple nice passes late. Uh, and pull that game out. And then he played well against New Mexico, but it's, it's New Mexico. Right. You know, if you're, if you can't play well against New Mexico, you shouldn't be playing at this level. And then uh, he was a struggle is a kind word to describe his performance against Arkansas when they still had a chance to win. And he threw an interception off his own center's helmet. And then, uh, I mean, it's, it's true. And then, uh, you know, he didn't play well at all against, uh, Mississippi State, even though he had one touchdown, it was nicely thrown. But then he comes out, you know, and he was the target of a lot of derision, uh, a, a lot of criticism, scrutiny here. Um, there are those that were already thinking, well, you know, he'll be gone next year and uh, maybe they'll, you know, get a, a good quarterback coming in on uh, in recruiting and Haynes King will be healthy and already looking to next year. Uh, and quite frankly, there wasn't a lot of reasons to, to believe any different. And then he comes out and he completes his first 10 passes. Uh, you know, he stays in against uh, against some pressure and delivers the ball on the mark. Uh, his one interception that he had uh, was just a miscommunication between him and a receiver. So you couldn't put that completely on him. And then he finishes the half uh, 14 of 13 with a couple of touchdowns and that's against Alabama. So, uh, they, they hit that, uh, that hit that lull in the third quarter when they had only 10 plays and they had like, I think four consecutive three and outs. But when Alabama takes the lead, the guy comes out and he leads right down the field, uh, for game tying touchdown when he gets hit and knocked down and he never even sees the ball completed. And then he's kind of hurt, and he limps off the field, and they put him in the tent. They get the ball back. He comes back out, and he leads them downfield for the winning field goals. There's, you know, who is this Jekyll and Hyde type of guy? If uh, if that's Mr. Hyde, the Aggies hope that that's, you know, who he stays the rest of the year, no doubt. Right. And I mean, that was the most miraculous injury recovery I've seen since like Paul Pierce rode out in a wheelchair in the NBA finals. Right. Um, he just got right back on the field and, and went down the, went down the field against the number one defense in the country. But, um, so we're kind of, we've kind of ignored the, the main issue in this game, at least from Missouri side for the first five minutes, look, the qualification for an offense to be good against Missouri this season has basically been this. Can your quarterback stay on his feet long enough to turn around and hand the ball off to legitimately anyone and then let them run? Uh, A&M, I know, has two talented tailbacks. The numbers the numbers aren't eye-popping. I mean, A&M's running for 155 yards a game. It's fine, but they are running for six yards a carry. And is, is that kind of the – Calzada aside, I've got to assume the recipe is just give the ball mostly to Isaiah Spiller and see how long he can go. Yeah, I would think that would be the – the, the game plan is to uh, try to uh, lean heavily on your running game. That's what they did last year 
to be successful. And you have Isaiah Spiller and you have Devon A-Chain, who might be the fastest player in college football. Uh, and, and that's not, you know, uh, overselling him. I mean, he went to the Olympic trials. Right. Um, so I would think that's, that, 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 that that's the way you want to come out and attack them. I know that I guess it's three players uh, have had their career best running day against Missouri this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I've watched every game. That seems low, but yeah, probably three is right. So uh, the guy from Boston College, Tennessee, yeah. and uh, Kentucky, Christian Rodriguez. So, um, so when you see that, of course, you go in and you say, okay, this is how we got to attack. But then you also have to take a step back and say, yeah, you know, despite that, Kentucky was right in the mix to win two of those games. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and, you know, Kentucky, I mean, I'm sorry, I said Kentucky, didn't I? I meant Missouri was right in the mix to win two of those games, one against Kentucky and one against Boston College. So uh, I don't know that you can go in there and say, hey, we're just going to run on them because, well, you know, if if Missouri sells out against the run and is able to stall A&M at all, uh, you know, you could find yourself being that one team, you know, that one hit wonder that wins a big game and then doesn't show up the next week. And uh, that's what they've got to guard against. So, yeah, it looks like that's the way you should attack Missouri. But I think um, I think Missouri knows that, too. Right. And uh, uh, if they find a way to slow down A&M's running game, uh, you know, A&M could be in for a for a tough Saturday. I know you mentioned injuries on the offensive line. I know that that's been that unit has been a little up and down, um, but more than the personnel, I wanted to ask you, I mean, hey, that the coach there is is Josh Henson, who used to be Missouri's offensive coordinator. I don't know what your guys access down there is is to assistant coaches. And if anybody's had a chance to talk to him about coming back to Columbia or not. But but what kind of job has Josh done down there? Uh, it's good. Well, first of all, we don't get to talk to him be, uh, at all. Um yeah, Jimbo Fisher's from the uh, you know Nick Saban school, so he's going to be the one voice. I think everyone's um, from that school anymore, honestly. Yeah. So uh, most of them are. So, uh, but I'll say this: two years ago, uh, the general fan base, the fandom of of A and M, was calling for Josh Henson's job. They didn't have a a, a good performance in the offensive line. Uh, of course, they they had a undersized center. And I think it all starts there, uh, because their starting center at that time, Ryan McCollum got hurt and was out. Um, and there was some terminology there trying to figure out what he wanted, what, you know, so they had issues, but then last year they had one of the two or three best offensive lines in the country. So, uh, the, the feeling for jo- Josh changed hundred percent, you know, did the complete 180. Now he's a great coach, everything. Well, they get off to a bad start this year. Of course, they're the guy they thought was going to be their center. Uh, uh, Luke Matthews, bad shoulder. He hadn't played all year and they have to put a true freshman center out there. Oh, now he's a bad coach again. And then they go out and they, play, and they move the ball pretty well against, uh, against Alabama. And you got two fresh, true freshmen in there and, uh, a guy making only his second start and at a new position in, uh, in, a uh, uh, trainer, uh, uh, for, see, that's how much he doesn't play. His name's Blake right. Trainer. I was having a hard enough time remembering his name. And they moved the ball against uh, Alabama. Now suddenly, Josh is a great coach again. You know how uh, fans yeah. can be. But, you know, I think he's a fine coach. I think he's done a good job here. Uh, he's just too often has had some obstacles that he's had to overcome. And, again, if their um, performance against Alabama is any indication, it looks like he's 
maybe overcome some more obstacles this year. Yeah, well, hey, hey, advice not just for Josh Henson, but for every coach. Just have good players, man. Like, do that more, and and you're going to be great at your job, right? Yeah, good ones, and you know, and if they're experienced, that also uh, helps a lot. Uh, but you know, he's he's got two true freshmen, like I said, in the starting lineup, and a guy Blake Trainer who's made one start against New Mexico at tackle. They moved him to guard, and he was much better at guard. So, um, you know, maybe it's just a process of figuring out what you've got and getting those guys a little bit more experienced, making them understand what you're looking for. Flip flip sides of the ball. And the one thing that I don't think has been questioned at any point with this A&M team is that defensive line um, up there with, with some of the best in, in college football, I think. And Hey, Alabama put some points up, but Alabama's going to put some points up. Not much, not many others have found any way to, uh, to kind of solve this A&M defense. I mean, how good is that front? Uh, the front is really good, I think. Uh, I think DeMarvin Leal is a uh, uh, potential first-round pick. I've seen him ranked as high as third in, in those mock drafts for, for whatever that's worth. Uh, they move him around. They'll start him uh, at probably at, uh, at the right defensive end. Oh, I'm sorry, the left defensive end going against the right tackle. Uh, but they'll move him to the other side. And uh, last week he started at uh, inside at defensive tackle. So, uh, you know, he's – He's 295 pounds and moves really well, so he's big enough to play at tackle. I mean, at guard, yes, at tackle. What am I saying? And and uh, maybe have more uh, quickness and speed than a guard is used to to blocking. Um, uh, so so they look for I think wherever the they think their best matchup is with him. Uh, and then uh, Michael Clemens is a guy that's been in and he's he's been up and down because of injuries in his career. Uh, never has. Um, fulfilled his his potential but it looks like he is now big six six five 275 pound guy who was a high school running back and is really coming on they've got some guys that can rush the passer and on the end and and, and they're solid inside as well um they've had some problems against the run a lot of it goes back to what has been some mediocre linebacker play uh they're trying to get that fix uh figured out but uh for the most part their defensive line has been pretty solid Mm-hmm. Is there is there a weakness on this defense, or or maybe an area that that they go into games not quite as sure sure of? Uh, well, I've mentioned the linebackers, and quite frankly, I think you even uh, have to look at the secondary. Yeah. Um, they've got Miles Jones. Uh, they lost. He was a returning starter at cornerback, a super senior. Uh, has a foot problem. Had to have surgery. He's out for the year. His backup. Brian George uh, had a knee injury. He's out for the year. So they've got a a, a true freshman, Tyreek Chapp- Chappelle, uh, playing at one corner. Uh, Jalen Jones, who I thought and I still think is going to be a great player here as a second-year corner. He's kind of been up and down this year. Uh, quite frankly, uh, the, the safeties have been pretty good. I'll give them that. And quite frankly, I think the, the best guy in the secondary uh, is uh, – Antonio Johnson, a second-year player out of East St. Louis, Illinois. So uh, so I'm sure he's going to be really excited to play this game. But I think the secondary has been kind of up and down. You know, you see it happen against uh, Alabama, and you go, well, you know, like you said, it's Alabama. That's John Meachie out there. Uh, but uh, they also had some trouble against uh, uh, Mississippi State. Well, of course, you'd say, well, that's Mike Leach's offense, and, and they were trying to – play eight back and they were playing too far back. Okay, fine. 
But then KJ Jefferson lit him up too. He only threw, completed like seven passes, but two of them were long touchdowns. So I think you look at the at the secondary and you say that's an area that if your opponent has a, a quarterback who's an accomplished passer, you have to be a little bit concerned. And what do you know? The guy this week is an accomplished passer. Yeah, Connor Bazelak, he's put up a lot of numbers. Now, Missouri's been playing from behind, but every, literally everything Missouri does on offense goes through Tyler Beatty. In, in talking to Jimbo or, or A&M's defensive players, kind of have they said much about Beatty this week and what they see in him? Just the the typical things, you know, he's a uh, really good running back. He's uh, the the other player, the players call him great, and he's going to give you problems. You know, the thing that the, the typical Monday morning conversation. Now, as I do my research, um, I notice that he's over 200 yards against North Texas and over 200 yards against Central Michigan. Was it? I think. But but I think he was limited to just over 100 yards in two games. Mm-hmm. two SEC games. That tells me without seeing, I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on Missouri. I've only seen Missouri in highlights, but that tells me that he's a guy who's very capable of taking advantage of opportunities when they're there, but maybe, uh, maybe the offensive line is having some trouble in SEC games, uh, creating space for him. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a fair, uh, a fair, categorization. I mean, Beatty, he makes a lot of guys miss. He gets a lot of yards on his own, but Missouri's offensive line is doesn't have a ton of talent. They've been up and down this year. Uh, you mentioned Antonio Johnson. There's another guy from, from St. Louis uh, that actually was committed to Missouri at, at one point, Antonio Doyle, who I don't think is playing a ton, but I just wondered for, for our viewers, I mean, I know those are two kids they followed in high school. If you can kind of, kind of give our viewers and listeners an idea how those kids are doing down there. Well, uh, I know they really like Antonio Doyle. I think he's probably a year away from playing a lot. Uh, but, you know, you look at the guy, um, you know, he's uh, he definitely looks like what you want from an SEC inside linebacker. You know, big, tough kid uh, that as he learns the position and understands everything he has to do and, and it gets even bigger, the guy that can step into a hole – and the play ends at contact. And I don't even know that A&M has that right now. Uh, Aaron Hansford was a good outside linebacker who's moved inside, and he has great speed, um, uh, and he's getting better. But, you know, they've missed Buddy Johnson, the guy who was their inside linebacker last year, is now playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think Antonio Johnson – I'm sorry, uh, I I get them mixed up all the time I do that. Antonio Doyle is a guy that – they have a lot of plans for in the future. I think Antonio Johnson's the guy that came in and even last year, like midway through the season, they're going, oh, holy cow, uh, we knew this guy was good, but we didn't think he'd be this good this fast. And then he, uh, so he was a productive backup, had a big game against Mississippi State last year, was whenever something was going wrong he was for, for Mississippi State, he was always right in the middle of it. Um, this year he came in and just flat won the job. And, uh, you know, I think if he continues to play like he's playing and progresses, you know, in a couple of years, uh, and you always say a couple of years, might be next year, right. he may leave here and, and people talk about him, one of the better defensive backs they've had in, you know, the last couple of decades. I mean, he's really playing well. He leads the team in tackles, uh, great on blitzes. 
you know, he's such a long guy and he can come in fast. Uh, he, he had a nice uh, uh, block pass in the Sugar Bowl. You might have saw that against uh, Sam Howell. I mean, he's just a he's a really good player. I think uh, I think with those two guys are going to make uh, Jimbo Fisher's staff uh, take a lot of trips to Missouri and see if there's any more like them. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, so I, I'm not huge on predictions because all they do is set us up to to make us look stupid. But I've, I've said, look, if, if A&M plays an A game, probably even a B game, they're going to walk out of here with a win. I think Missouri needs A&M to come over feeling pretty good about itself, right? Having read some pes- press clippings, have a little bit of a hangover. Uh, but, it, you know, if you're looking at this from the A&M perspective, like, How's Missouri give itself a shot in the fourth quarter? What are the couple areas where you say, okay, th- this is what needs to happen for for Missouri to have a shot in this? Oh, uh, you know, run of, effectively with mm-hmm. ba- Beatty and set up uh, uh, Basilak where he's not in any obvious passing situations or at least minimize, minimize the passing situations and uh, uh, the, the obvious ones and, you know, play – Play good run defense, sound run defense, because, uh, you know, a and going to want to do that. Uh, and then, of course, you go back to the old coach speak, limit your mistakes, no turnovers, penalties. But I'm going to tell you, um, A&M is obviously good enough to beat anybody on their schedule. They beat Alabama. But the, I really don't think they're good enough to take any team for granted. I don't think they can go into Columbia, Missouri, or Columbia, South Carolina, for that matter. Of course, they're not going there this year. But I don't think there's anywhere they can go and say, okay, we're, okay, Prairie View, and say, all right, we're going to win this game no matter what. Uh, I just – I don't think they're that talented uh, or at that experienced to be able to do that. Now, are they getting better? Apparently. Uh, but I guarantee you what the message that Jimbo Fisher is telling his guys is don't look at the numbers uh, – uh, as far as what they're giving up, look at that game against Kentucky, the 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 probably the third best team in the SEC East, and Kentucky had to scratch out a win. And they're going to say, look at that game against Boston College, which I think is one of the better teams in the ACC for whatever that's worth. Right. Say, look, it means, but- they had a chance to win that game. So I think that's what he's going to try to use to get their attention. Perfect. Well, Owen, appreciate it, man. We'll uh, we'll let you run, but uh, thanks for spending some time with us. See you in the press box. All right, so there is Olin Buchanan. You can find him over at texags.com. Long ago, uh, Olin and I were colleagues at Rivals. He's over at Texags now covering the Aggies, and uh, those guys over there do obviously a, a heck of a job, uh, very comprehensive uh, coverage of A&M, and like he said, a Jekyll and Hyde football team coming into Farrell Field this weekend at who knows what to expect? Uh, the Aggies can look as just about as good as anybody in America as they have, and they can also look incredibly average. Uh, Missouri fans probably hoping for the average uh, version this weekend. I tell you what's not going to be average is your satisfaction if you go over to Edward Jones and Stuart Eastman for your financial planning needs. Edward Jones is going to offer numerous investments and services to help you reach your financial goals, smart spending and borrowing options, retirement, paying for education, estate considerations, protecting your assets, and more. Stuart Eastman can take care of you. He's over on Rainbow Trout Drive in Columbia. You can get a hold of him at 517-817-3108. You can go to edwardjones.com and and just 
Google Stuart Eastman there. You can find uh, your local advisor. But certainly if you're in Columbia in mid-Missouri, we'd encourage you to uh, contact Stuart and, um, you know, ask your questions, kind of kind of feel him out and give him the first shot at earning your business, which is what we ask of all of our sponsors. Um, we are nearing the end of the week. We always do a preview show on Thursday afternoon. That That's where we're at. Tomorrow, uh, going to have a uh, special guest, one of my uh, media colleagues, former Columbia guy, but, but now has gone national on our pick show. And Saturday morning, we will pregame at 9.30 for Mizzou and A&M. So appreciate you guys hanging out with, here, with us here today and this week. And we will have plenty more coming your day in the next couple or coming your way in the next couple days. And before I screw up any more words, we're going to go ahead and log off for the afternoon. Thanks.